Welcome to the Christian Bay Podcast, where Christ and culture connects. Grab your journal. You are watching a master at work. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Christian Bay Podcast, where Christ and culture connects. Thank you guys for tuning in for another episode. I pray that you guys are having a wonderful Monday. So today I wanted to talk to you guys about the cost to be a disciple of Christ. I feel like a lot of people don't talk about this, and this was the word that was dropped on my heart today. So grab your journals. We're going to be coming from the book of Luke. But before we dive into the book of Luke, I want to tell you guys about my brand new purpose program that I am launching today. It will begin in the month of May, and it is a four-week virtual course for anyone who does not know their purpose or they know their purpose and they don't know what to do next. This virtual program will assist you in walking in the purpose that God created for you when you were in your mother's womb. It will be a four-week course. The first week, we're going to be purpose digging and seeing all things about purpose. The second week, we're going to be focusing on spiritual growing pains, the transitioning that happens once you figure out your purpose how does life look what do you wear now what type of music can you listen to the third week is going to be relationship bay and that week we're going to focus on all things relationships regarding purpose so can you hang out with the same friends if you're engaged what does that mean now are you in a single season what does dating look like for you now if you're a wife how does wife your wife role plays in with your purpose role how do you merge the two we're going to be speaking about all things relationships in week three and week four we're going to be talking about turning your purpose into profit and how to make room for yourself and for your financial stability while using the god-given purpose that he gave you this program is available on my website www.thechristianbay.com i'm only accepting four lucky ladies to do this program with me for the month of may so head over to the website and secure your seat now Also, this week, Wednesday, is my virtual mastermind meeting. So if you have a business or you're thinking about starting a business and you're running out of content ideas, you don't know what to do during this COVID-19 season, you're feeling like you're alone, you need a vent, this is the virtual mastermind meeting for you. On Wednesday will be the day that the meeting is. So head over to my website and secure your seat for that as well. Now, let's hop into the word. So today I'm going to be coming from the book of Luke chapter 14, verses 25 through 27, and I'm reading the NLT version. It says, the cost of being a disciple. A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, if you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else, your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. So I knew I wanted to title today's episode as Count the Cost because I feel like a lot of people don't, one, they don't know what it means to be a disciple and two, they don't know the cost. So what it means to be a disciple is to be a follower of Christ. So if you're someone who has God first in your bio, you you define yourself as a woman of God, a Christian, you're saying that you're a disciple. Your life is revolved around following Christ, following God, keeping God's first, keeping God's word first. That's what you say. So you're a disciple of Christ. So that's what the word disciple means. And in this passage, Jesus was telling them, 
If you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. And what he means by that is you must love Jesus more than you love people. He doesn't literally mean to hate everyone else. If you read it in another translation, it says you must love me more than you love people. And he's saying that because if you don't love Jesus or God more than you love people, you can idolize people or you can be bound by people's opinion of you. And that can stop you from fulfilling the will that God has for your life. So he's making it very clear right here that if you want to be my disciple, you must love me first. So everybody that got God first in your bio on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, you are, you're following the rules. You're doing it. You made it clear that you're putting God first in your life over everyone else. He continues and says, your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, Now, I've been in ministry for about five years now, and this is always the hardest part for people to understand when it comes to putting God before your father and mother. It's hardest to put God before your father and mother because your father and mother, they raised you. They raised you under their roof according to their rules and the way that they were raised and what they feel like is right. So your roots are their roots. Your morals are usually their morals because they raised you. In this passage, Jesus is telling us that when you decide to give your life to me, forget all that. He's literally saying you must love me more than you love your parents and what your parents taught you. Because now you're living according to my word, my will, and my way. So you have to let that go and you must love me more than you love your parents. And the part that they left out is your parents' teaching. That's something that I had to go through in my journey with Christ as I transitioned into being a woman of God. It was what the spirit was telling me versus what I was used to versus what I was raised around versus what I was exposed to. So when the word says that you're now a new creature, when you give your life to Christ, it literally means that. And it also means that in regards to the ways that your parents raised you. So I want you guys to know that if you're deciding to live this life for Christ, understand that some of your ways that God tells you to have or wants you to have may not align with the ways that your parents called you to have. When I told my mom I was moving to Virginia in 2015, she was not okay with it even a little bit. She tried to keep my car and I'm like, how are you gonna keep my car? It's in my name. Like, what are you talking about right now? Like, she just was not happy about it. But I had already went through the process with God and I knew that there will be some things that God tells me to do that no one will approve of, not even my own mother and father. And I had to decide, do you love God more or do you love your mother more? Which is of course a hard decision but you have to decide. You will come to that place where you have to decide. If we think about Abraham, when God was calling him to sacrifice his only son, he told Sarah, his wife, stay home, stay home. Because he knew if she would have came, she would have tried to change his mind because that was her son too. But he had to decide, do you want to make your wife happy or do you want to make God happy? And with him deciding that some people had to get left behind because when you're on this journey with Christ, when you're living and walking according to God's word, Everyone in their opinion must be put to the back and God's word must be the center of your life. That must be what you have tunnel vision and focus for. And that includes your father and your mother. The verse continues and says, wife and children. And this is important because I want you guys to understand that Satan, 
the enemy is very strategic. So when he wants to stop us from getting to the will that God has for our life, the purpose that God has for our life, he tries to send people in to knock us off track, to play with our emotions and make us not obey God. So if he can't get to us with our parents, with our mother or father, he will use the next in line, which is your wife and your children. So in this verse, Jesus outlined, I'm making it clear to you. All of these people are included in the hate everyone else, in the love me before anyone else, even your wife and children. And I want you guys to understand this is not something easy to do because these are people that you are emotionally connected to. But this is where you test your emotions. You force your emotions to submit to the word of God. I was watching a movie last night and it was called To Hell and Back. And it was literally, it was like a modern day remake of the book of Job. Um, the, the righteous man in the Bible that lost everything because Satan was trying to get him to curse God. And his wife turned on him and his children turned on him. And he had to still love God more than he loved his wife and children because they were telling him to curse God because of what was happening in their life. So Jesus is making it clear in this story that yes, your father, your mother and your wife and your children, because if Satan can't use your father and your mother to stop you, he will try to use your significant other and your kids to make you doubt God's power in your life. Doubt God's will, doubt God's word. Is God really here for you? Do God really love you? Look what he's doing to your child. Look, your significant other don't even want to be with you no more. Why God doing that to you? Satan will try to use those who have a tug on your emotions to get you to stray away from the love of God, from God's will for your life. So that's why Jesus is making it clear. If you want to be a follower of mine, if you want to be a man or woman of God, understand that I need you to love me more than you love your mother and father, your husband, wife, and children. Because if you love them first, Satan will use them to take you away from me. I pray that you guys have your journal and taking notes because I'm literally going step by step in the things that Satan tries to use to discourage you and get you not to believe that God is still moving on your behalf. God is still in control of your life. And I feel like in this season of isolation with everyone being quarantined in the house, Satan is trying to have a field day in the mind of the children of God. And I want to let you guys know that Satan can't come up with any new tricks. He uses the same things every time. So this scripture, in short, it sums up the ways that Satan tries to move to knock you off course so if you write them down and you know them when the attack comes you're able to speak back to it and you're able to say satan i know what you're trying to do but i'm still believing god so the verse continues and it says brothers and sisters because just like your wife or husband and children and your mother and father your brothers and sisters can also be something that satan tries to use to get you knocked off the course that god has for you so you have to love god more than you love your siblings as well it doesn't mean that you don't love them it just means that i understand that god's plan for my life is bigger and better than anything that i can plan and anything that you can plan too bro period. Like his plan is bigger. So I love you, but I cannot follow you because you're an imperfect person, just like I'm an imperfect person. And if I follow your plan, I'm following an imperfect plan. And I really just want to follow a perfect God whose ways and thoughts are beyond my ways. So I love you, but you're going to have to come second to God. That has to be the mindset that we live by every single day. 
the verse continues, it says, yes, even your own life. So when Jesus says this in his ver- in this verse, he pretty much sums it up. You cannot love anyone else more than me. So that's for outside people, your little friends and all of them, Tay Tay and all of them. You cannot love them more than you love. But then he was like, let me break it down for you. Because he said you have to hate everyone else. And he's like, okay, y'all probably think I'm saying hate everyone else except your family. Like that's what people are doing right now with quarantine. People think that quarantine means don't hang out with people unless they're your family. No, it's everyone, your mother, your father. If they're not in the house with you, you're supposed to be quarantined from them. So this is a perfect example because Jesus knew I got to break it down for these niggas because they going to think that me saying everyone else does not include their relatives when those are the main people I'm talking about because those are the people who have the most impact and the most tug on you. A stranger can't tell me to do something and I think about it, but if my mom mom tell me to do it i'm gonna I'm have second thoughts like all right god i know what you said but my mama said so that's why he got specific when he was speaking about family so he said your father and mother your wife and children brothers and sisters and then he finished the sentence by saying yes even your own life because the biggest battle that we have is with ourselves and our own expectations and what we feel like life should look like what we feel like we should be doing in this season what steps we should be taking so he was saying i need you to love me more than you love everyone else more than you love your family and siblings and more than you love your ideal of what you think life should look like so i want you guys to take this verse and input your name if you want to be my disciple you must by comparison hate everyone else your father and mother wife and children brothers and sister yes even christian bay at the end where it says yes put in your name yes even Q, yes, even Sasha, yes, even Ashley, which means even yourself. I need you to love me more than you love yourself because we all know that our fickle, our fickle feelings and our thoughts can get us into deep trouble sometimes. Our emotions can run wild and we end up doing things and then the next day or next week, we're just like, why did I even do that? So God is making it clear. I need you to love me more than everyone else, more than your family and more than yourself too. Don't forget more than yourself. The verse continues and says, otherwise you cannot be my disciple. And that's plain and clear because if you love yourself more than you love your love God, you're your own disciple. You're idolizing yourself. You have yourself and your plans and your thoughts and your ways on the pedestal. If you love your, I'm sorry, if you love your mother more than you love God, you're a disciple of your mother. You have her will and her way and you want her to order your steps and you're living life according to her word. That's who you're a disciple to. That's your God. If you have your children, that's your God. That That's who you're a disciple to. Whoever you have at the forefront, whoever you have on a pedestal, whoever is the ruler in the head of your life, that's who you're a disciple to. So that's why he made it clear. If you love anyone more than you love me, you cannot be my disciple. Verse 27 says, and if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Now, a lot of people don't speak about the cross and what he means in that verse. When you think about being a follower of of God, being a man or woman of God, that means that you're a ref- living, walking reflection of God. That's what Jesus was also. And we know that we're called to be an example on earth like Jesus was. The part that we often forget is that Jesus had to carry his cross before he was crucified. And he laid his life down for us, for our sins, right? 
But we feel like even though we're called to be a reflection of him, we don't have to carry a cross. That's that's just something that completely goes over our head. We understand that we need to read the word and live according to his will and try to be kind like him and try to be patient like him and try to be a reflection of him every day the best that we know how. But then when we get a cross, we're amazed or we're shocked that we have a cross. And what's a cross? A cross for some people is cancer. That's the cross you have to carry. A cross for some people is divorce. A cross for me was losing my dad at three months. A cross for somebody else could be live, growing up in a homeless shelter. A cross for somebody else could be losing their grandparents to cancer. A cross for somebody else could be never being able to have children. It literally says you have to carry your cross. If you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. If you cannot follow me in the midst of your trials and tribulations, you cannot be my disciple. If you cannot carry me in spite of the fact that you never got to have a regular childhood, you cannot be my disciple because Jesus knows that we're going to have different trials and tribulations that come our way in life. But can you follow God in spite of? If you cannot follow him when things get heavy, when things weigh on you, when things get tough in seasons like this, when nobody's able to go to work, nobody has a a permanent or a set amount of income coming in right now. And a lot of businesses are going down and a lot of people are at home experiencing depression and going through death and experiencing grieving from losing their family members. If you not, if you cannot follow him. And carry the cross of depression, carry the cross of anxiety, carry the cross of losing a family member, carry the cross of miscarriage, carry the cross of infertility, carry the cross of doubt, carry the cross of not feeling beautiful. If you cannot carry that cross and follow him, you cannot be his disciple. And verse 28 says, but do not begin until you count the cost. Because the fact of the matter is life is going to happen. And the word of God does not tell us that bad things will not happen. It does not tell us that we will not experience seasons like this where we're quarantined and we don't know what's going to happen next and thousands of people are dying. It does not tell us that we're free from that. God knows that trials and tribulations will happen. But what he also wants to know is that we will carry our cross. We will carry whatever burdens we're experiencing right now and still follow him because we have faith in his word that says all things work together for our good faith in his word that says he will never leave or forsake us faith in his word that says he is above our ways above our thoughts and he is still in control of everything that happens in our life because he knew us when we were in our mother's womb he knew COVID-19 was coming before it came so it should be easy to follow across when you know who your head is when you know who your father is but if you cannot carry your cross you cannot be his disciple because crosses will come God is just saying, if you follow me, I will make the burden light for you. I will give you hope in the midst of the trial and tribulation. I will give you faith in the midst of the trial and tribulation. I will give you a peace that surpasses all understanding, regardless of what you're going through or what's in front of you. My word will hold you steady and stable and let you know that I'm still moving on your behalf, even when you can't see it in the physical eye. That's what happens when you you carry carry your cross and follow Christ. That's what happens. Because you only have one or two options. You can carry your cross and follow Christ. Or you can just carry your cross because you're going to have one. 
Life happens to all of us, but God lets us know that he makes it easier when we follow him and endure. He rewards us for the sacrifices that we make and the ways that we endure and the things that we go through. He makes a testimony out of our test. He makes a message out of the mess that we experience. So he overall forces all things to work together for our good. Why else would we want to go through life without him? Why? Life is going to happen. It's an it's inevitable. It can't it can't just be all peaches and cream. But God lets us know that I will never leave or forsake you. You will have a life partner with me and I will make the path clear for you. I will work all things together for your good. But you have to follow follow me and carry your cross. So if you guys are experiencing something today that's weighing on you or that feels like a burden or that feels like it's about to take you off, take you out and it's weighing you down to the ground, you're crying and it feels like it's a heavy load. I just want to remind you that the word says, carry your own cross and follow him because with God, you have a life partner and he will help you carry the weight of your cross carry the weight of depression carry the weight of losing a child carry the weight of being alone carry the weight of divorce he will help you carry that burden to make it lighter on you if you are his disciple and i pray that you all are let's pray out Father God, first and foremost, we want to thank you for waking us up today. We want to thank you for blessing us with another day, Father God. We pray that this word reaches whoever you want it to reach, Father God. I pray that this word deposits seeds of hope, deposits seeds of security and stability in each and every person listening to this podcast life, Father God. I pray that they know that you want to make this season lighter for them. I pray that they know that you're going ahead of them and you're making the crooked path straight. You're aligning things that's going to work in their favor. You're releasing resources, Father God. You're sending people that's going to assist them in whatever it is that they need in this season right now, Father God. I pray that first and foremost, you give them a seed of peace, Father God, peace that surpasses all understanding. I pray that they know that you're moving even when it seems like the world is still, Father God. I pray that they know that you will cause all these things, Father God, all these things, even when we can't see it, even when we don't know how. All of these things are working together for our good, but first and foremost, I pray that they keep you at the front of their lives you at the front of their vision father god i pray that they have tunnel vision and set that vision set on your word set that vision set on your will father god and not on your hand but on your heart father god i pray that in this season they get a deeper more intimate relationship with you and it changes their life like never before father god it seems like everything is at a standstill now father god but i know and i can claim and i pray that each listener can claim that in due time we will reap abundance for our faithfulness in you and your word and your will and your way in jesus name we pray amen thank you guys so much for listening to the christian bay i pray that you guys received this word i pray that you guys took notes i pray that you guys just really understand that even though it seems like this is a bad season god is still moving i really just want to encourage you guys and really just keep you faithful. I don't want you guys to get depressed in this season. I don't want you guys to allow anxiety to take over and worry to weigh on you. God is still in control of our lives. We are still his children. He is still the best father, a good father, and he is still making a way out of no way. So keep the faith. I love you guys so much. I cannot wait to see you at the virtual mastermind meeting on Wednesday and in the purpose program. I will talk to you guys later. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at thechristianbay.com.
That's my website. Instagram at the Christian Bay underscore. I love y'all. Bye.